Welcome everyone to another podcast of Modern World Zen. This is Josh Barzell. So last episode we were talking about what the state of enlightenment looks like and sort of some of the ideas as you're getting there, you know, to sort of really get yourself cleaned out. And um, today I just sort of like to talk about sort of in the same, in the same idea, um, and, you know, one of the things that we want to try to find out is how is this possible? You know, we want to kind of, you know, I, I talked last episode about how, you know, you're heading up there and, you know, you might be jealous and you want to try to not. But how is enlightenment even possible just on its face? Right. And I think a lot of you have that issue where it's just sort of like. You know, I'm not buying it. You know, I don't believe it. I, I get, I get it. You know, you're, you're on the eight ball, say. You know, and uh, you're tight. But, you know, what are you even talking about? Like, what, what, what is this thing? And I, and I kind of want to get into that now. So, the enlightened being is perfect, right? A perfect being. So, what does that mean? It means that. It, that an enlightened being doesn't actually depend on sort of outside sort of crutches. You know, there's many people that if they want to try to do something, they try to get a bunch of people together and they advertise and they have this big send-off or this grand opening. Nothing like that occurs for an enlightened being. Everything happens very naturally and organically. Um, also... You know, there isn't sort of these schemes where, you know, if you come with me, then we get a discount here and then you can promote me and I'll promote you. And you don't tell anyone about it, but we'll just sort of all of a sudden be here and here's our production. That's also not sort of how it goes. There isn't anything going on behind the scenes that's sort of like, not dishonest, but just sort of like not sticking to the ideal of you know, what enlightenment sort of stands for. So there's not going to be anything that's kind of like, I wouldn't even call it shady, just sort of just the normal sort of partnering that occurs. You're not going to really see that uh, in the way an enlightened being operates. So really it's not worldly at all. It's com so completely different. Um, and so that's a huge thing. Also, especially because it's spiritual, we have to keep in mind that it's not really going to be sort of um, the enlightened being isn't really, you know, he's not he's not the guy you see who's kind of outside the mall, you know, and he's kind of like doing some things. He's super sweet and you give him some money and you're like, oh, my gosh, and you go to your car. It, it, the enlightened being isn't a beggar. Right. In fact, an enlightened being looks at that as being basically sinning <laughs> to be out there with your hand out. So, um, so that's not really going to be what it is. And also we have to look at, you know, in that same mall, say, here's a yoga studio and I'm the yoga teacher at the yoga studio. That's not really what it is. Okay. It's not going to be someone who says, okay, we're going to do some asanas here 
you know, we'll sit down, maybe we'll meditate for 15 minutes afterwards. That's not what it is, but that's what we can sometimes think that that's what it is, but that's also not what it is. Um, so then we start to say, okay, I'm with you. Um, you know, I get what you're saying, but how can this be? And the idea is that's exactly sort of the idea that one should have. It, the bewilderment, the astonishment um, is actually correct. Um, the sort of loss of mental faculties, uh, you know, the stillness of the mind uh, is also sort of where it's at. Um, you're not really going to be able to really say much. Um, and, uh, you know, we have to remember that the enlightened being is sort of beneath the thoughts, right? He's not around the thoughts. He's underneath the, even the thinking. So if you're thinking something, he's underneath that, He's at the base level of consciousness all the time. So if you're having some thoughts, he's, he's underneath that. And if you explain your thoughts to him, he's not really going to go there because he's not really interested in going there. So you might be like, whoa, this is a, you know, it's like a shock, you know. And um, so... The, the idea of just utter, you know, <laughs> amazement is sort of a good sign um, where you just have no clue of how something occurred. Um, so anyway, so, you know, we sort of just agree to disagree on that in a sense because um, we we're not really going to be able to hammer the enlightened being down on anything. And that's sort of what makes one liberated. We wouldn't want, we want that. We want to be liberated. You know, it's like, damn it, I can't figure him out. And then we think later, we like, or her out. It's like, I want to be like him or her. That's how I want to be. I want to, I'm, I'm only here for a short time. That's what I want to attain to. Right? So we don't all have to be yogis from India um, to do this, but we, we, we want to try to be pure. Um, we also want to try to, you know, at least see where we're not. Because if we can't even see, and I'll give you an example of this, but if we can't even see where we might be lacking, then, boy, and one of, the, one of the things the guru does is to show you where you're lacking. Not in an insulting way, just sort of that presence does it. Um, but if we're not even able to see uh, where we need to improve when we've set our minds to improve ourselves, you can imagine that that's going to be, you know, useless, basically. We're not going to go anywhere. Uh, so the example that you can that you can look at is sort of this um, this idea that we 
do this sort of art of projection where if I'm a certain way and you're not, and I want to get close to you and I like you, I'm just going to project what I have onto you and then see that projection on you. Sort of like all of a sudden you play, you and I play a role. Like let's say I'm the guru and you have some issues. We meet, you trust me, you project your stuff onto me. And then as if we were suddenly put into a play or a movie, right? Now you're pretending as though I'm you, if that makes any sense. And you relate to me as you would relate to your image. You would relate to me as you would relate to your sort of self. And that's not the same thing as seeing me sort of as your inner self or seeing me as consciousness. But you would project your issues onto me and see me in the light of those issues versus the light of consciousness, say. Okay, so what happens in that circumstance is that you're not seeing me correctly. You would therefore probably turn away from me, say, in this example, uh, because you're repulsed by what you see, which is just your own reflection of what you've projected onto me, right? So... And everyone's, everyone does it that way. It's not any, anything different. Um, everyone projects uh, onto their sort of higher up. I mean, the whole point of if someone's projecting onto you, just sort of see it as a sort of compliment in a way because they're not projecting onto you unless you're really good, basically, because there would be no point to project onto a lower, a sort of a someone who's beneath... Uh, oneself. So we're going to make that projection. And, and if we do, which is sort of something we can't really avoid doing, I wish we could, but we can't. If we're not, if we're not quick enough to catch it, right? Especially when you're dealing with someone who's enlightened, say, if you're not quick enough to catch what it is that you're doing, then you're not going to be able to see where your sort of weakness is, right? And we really want to see our weakness. We should be staring right at it. Because if we can see it, there's a chance for us to change. If we cannot see it, there would be no guarantee that we would ever see it or and or ever fix it in our entire life. Right. So we have, we want, we're always, we wake up every day, go to sleep every night wanting to be better. But if we really can't ever see where we're weak or wrong, there is no guarantee that we either would ever or would, and of course, if, if not ever, right, if we never see it, we're never going to fix it. So let's just take a moment to sort of take that in without sort of skipping over it. Because if you can't see it, then you're never going to fix it. Right? So the result is that in our example of me being the guru and you having issues that you project onto me, you'll reject me. You'll reject me based upon what you see. And my only 
response would be, okay, fine, go on your way, or not a big deal, fine. You know, it's not as if I'm, it's not as if I would be like begging uh, if I was enlightened to, for you to come along if, if seemingly you're okay when leaving, I would be okay too, you know, in a sense, right? Maybe not exactly that way, but in a sense, I would be. And what would you do? Well, you wouldn't have gained anything. You would leave. I probably would stay the same, but you would never fix what you was going on with you. I think that happens all the time in the therapeutic sort of community with therapists and patients and whatnot, where there's sort of a missed opportunity and really the patient sort of loses out. Yeah, you could say the doctor loses out, but okay, maybe you could make both both claims. But if we're trying to get better every day, we wouldn't want to make a mistake there. So, so and it, happen, it would happen for anyone. So let's just keep, keep being vigilant and try to see, you know, where the projection is occurring and how we maybe shouldn't be turned away uh, from sort of, if we can catch ourselves from being sort of repulsed, which is not the best word, but let's say we're repulsed by uh, so-and-so guru or so-and-so enlightened being, right? Uh, and it, it really almost doesn't have to do with enlightenment or non-enlightenment in a sense. It just is sort of an overall principle. Like I said, you could find it in, the, in a therapeutic setting. So if we're really, really vigilant, and I think it's called projection, uh, I'm not sorry, projection, but transference in the therapeutic setting, but I might have that wrong because I I'm not a therapist, but if we're really careful, we can see our projection or our, our repulsion, right? Let's say we're feeling repulsion or we're feeling the feeling of being repelled by someone that's supposed to be higher up. Let's just assume for a moment in this, in this little podcast that we're doing that that isn't that isn't sort of the weakness of the teacher. That's the weakness of the student. So let's just assume for a moment that the weakness we're perceiving is not the weakness of the teacher, but it's our projection onto the teacher. Therefore, it's really what we're seeing is our own weakness. We're not seeing it in us, we're seeing it in the teacher. But if we could, for a moment, say, oh, yes, that's my weakness. Let's see if anything unlocks for ourselves. And just take a moment. Um, this is kind of like a guided meditation. And maybe you're using these podcasts in that way. You know, just take a moment to talk about that. And that's fine. If, you're, if you tune them on, turn them on and you sort of do your meditation, it's a little light because it's only about 15 minutes. Um, but if that's what you're doing, great, because that, that's, that's a great way to use the podcasts, but hopefully you would, you know, not just get up and do something else. I think most of the apps, you know, will let you, we'll just go into the next episode. So you could probably sit there and 
meditate for a while just listening to these podcasts, which is fine. But let's just do a little bit of guided meditation here and understand that, okay, now that we, we've sort of played this little game, now we are the person sort of with the weakness. And the, let's go back to the teacher now, right, with our weakness and not project it. Now, what's going to happen there if we do that is we're going to feel discomfort. Okay, so we're going to feel a sense of pain. But just know that right around that pain is sort of an ecstasy or a bliss. So really, we see the pain, but right around it is going to be something very pleasurable. Okay, so let's just see if we can get to that pleasurable experience and take a moment. <clears throat> it should be right there. And then as we're on that um, pleasurable experience, we can sort of say goodbye for the time being, at least, uh, to our weakness, which up to this point, we didn't even know we had, but we were sort of carrying it around. You know, and if it's cathartic for you, great. If it's not, then just keep on moving along and we'll sort of wind up here in a moment. So the idea is that any teacher we can go back to the example of an enlightened being, is going to be pretty impressive, right? So any enlightened being is going to be, is going to be impressive and is going to be, have a reason to be impressive. So that means it's going to, he's, he or she is going to know more than you probably think, uh, right? And, um, and the idea is that, you know, the, the touch or the presence is going to be have an impact on your beneficial impact. But nevertheless, we think that, no, I don't know about, I don't know if, you know, if, 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 a, if a saint or a guru or a enlightened being is good. You know, I'm not sure about that, right? And that's why it's really, really good to see that we've got our projections under control we're owning our weakness and we're sort of trying our best to see where we're weak, which is really hard. I mean, you can think about it. If something's on your face, how are you going to see it without a mirror? You know, just imagine the time before mirrors were made. How did anyone ever see anything that was on them? Right. Mirrors are like, it's almost like it's like a futuristic device. If you think about it. Right. I mean, there might've been reflections in waters and things, but whoa you know like we do it with our pets we're like here look at you know it's sort of like a very 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 sort of strange thing if you think about it and in a sense enlightened being is like that mirror you know and so we're just we can be shocked sometimes when we with what we see but nevertheless if we're not careful we can sort of paint a saint or i mean that's what they're called in india you know you have these enlightened gurus who are considered to be saints uh, in the East. So, <clears throat> and all of a sudden you're thinking negatively of a saint, which doesn't seem to make sense, at least on its face, right? Because what do you mean a saint would be bad, right? So, but nevertheless, we would do that if we're not careful about our projection. So, so let's, let's just take the example of, okay, maybe we haven't been so perfect 
in our approach, you know, and we're um, going to say, okay, this, this being isn't so good, right? And, you know, someone would say, well, why? They'd say, well, sometimes saints are really persecuted. Sometimes they're murdered. Sometimes they're treated so badly, right? And the idea is that, well, that's true. We've seen that happen. But is it a necessary prerequisite for attainment? So let me make that statement again. So we might be privy to saints or enlightened beings being, if you will, sacrificed, but treated nevertheless very badly, maybe even killed, right? Is that a prerequisite for attainment? Do you need to be killed to have the attainment? Right? And if you can say, well, that's, no, of course not. That's insane, right? So if we, if we see that as not enlightened idea, right, an unenlightened idea, then we can start to understand that, okay, a, 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 an enlightened being really is sort of something that we would want to try to get to, right? So if we're trying to get to that, uh, then we wouldn't have any problem seeing our own weaknesses, weaknesses and wouldn't have a problem sort of walking back any projections that we would have and try to appreciate what it is that we're experiencing. And I think this goes for anything. I mean, it goes for anyone. You know, people at the top, people are always wanting to see people at the top fail. And, you know, it's not really any different in the worldly life, right? You see it all the time, pretty much in every, in every walk of life, say, and in every discipline there is. Um, but is if we understand that in this case, in the spiritual case, that the enlightened being is going to be very sort of nice contact, a nice, it's going to be a nice teaching, it's going to bring peace to the mind and the heart, right? If, if we do have that feeling from, say, an enlightened being, and we're still trying to figure it out, you know, I mean, this podcast is kind of about, like the last one, sort of what the what this state looks like, you know, and this sort of the idea that, you know, what do you mean? This is, sounds impossible. This sounds crazy. So the idea is that if you do get some peace, um, you know, if you're able to calm down your projections to get a little taste of, you know, what an enlightened being is like, or if you're able to, you know, see with the correct eyes, which is not sort of projecting, anything and you do feel something good um, <clears throat> then you can imagine say if you're feeling peace what do you think that being is feeling right and that's sort of like that's sort of the the idea of how one can sort of figure this out you know, it's kind of like, it's it's really not any different than the worldly realm, which is sort of like, you know, you like this, 
you know, in a sense, you like this actor, you like this actress, um, you know, they might be playing the role and they're not feeling their feeling, but maybe when they're done with playing their role, they go out, they have fun, they realize how rich they are and how famous they are, they love their life, they're happy, they have a movie that's selling well. You can just imagine, you know, how wonderful they must be feeling from that sense of accomplishment, say, for that performance. And so it's not really that different. You know, you have sort of a, um, anyone that we like, you know, in the world that we admire, they must be feeling pretty good about themselves, right? It's sort of the same idea. So in that way, we can sort of imagine um, what an enlightened being would be like, um, just by sort of how we're feeling, and then sort of imagining what they must be feeling. Um, and in that way, you can sort of imagine it. You know, it's like if, if, a, if an alien came to this planet and you told them, like, these movie stars or these musicians that are super famous, like, and you're trying to explain them to them and you listen to their song and they'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing because look how high up they are. You know, it's like where they're in outer space, you know? And so that's how you would try to explain it. You would try to explain it in that way, that in the sort of the same way, which is sort of you, you feel something from their craft and then all of a sudden you're feeling something where you sort of understand, you know, what they must be feeling or how wonderful they feel about themselves. And sometimes they don't, right? And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they might not feel good at all. But that's sort of the difference where, you know, spiritual, the spiritual path and the worldly life are, are, are sort of different in that way. Because in the worldly realm, you could have an actor very much feeling very great, you know, but at the same time, they're not really feeling great in their private life or they're just playing a role. And their role is, they're totally absorbed with the role and that's not who they are. That's pretty, pretty much more how it is. So there, there really isn't a good analogy. And I, I don't like making these analogies too much because they really don't, they don't hold. I'm just trying to explain it the best way I know how. Um, because after all, the actor is playing a role and there's no connection to that person who they are as people. And so we're not going to ever really have that. But just sort of, hopefully I haven't messed it up too much where you can sort of understand... Um, you know, that idea when, when we're looking at enlightenment and we're trying to figure out um, what enlightenment is and, and whether it even exists and all of those uh, things. I, I hope I've, you know, made my point. This podcast has run a little long, but that's fine. We can have a couple that are a little longer. Um, it's going to be about 30 minutes. So anyway, um, I thank everyone for tuning in. Hopefully it's been enlightening and um, we'll just keep con keep on moving forward in the next few episodes. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, the best way to answer them is sort of just to meditate and to find them that way because, you know, it's good for us, it's healthy for us, and we can uh, try to do it. So, again, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, this has been Josh Barzell for Modern World Zen.